This episode of the Golf Gaming Podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet 50 bucks at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet, win, bit, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And we're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat best bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblerpodcast.com slash Discord. All right, welcome back, DJs, to the Scottish recap. Very quick, and then we're moving on to the open. It's your boy, Boston Capital, with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer. Steve, how do we do this weekend, buddy? You know, I, I feel like William Wallace after he got betrayed by Robert the Bruce. The, uh, the Battle of uh, whatever, Hastings, I think. Hastings, yes. Not great. Not great, Bob. Pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I always know when I get the golf course pretty wrong right from the jump, I'm going to have a really bad week, and I had a pretty terrible week. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It was not great. No, uh, it wasn't. Um, I think everybody got fooled with the wind. I think uh, everybody got fooled with, well, I wasn't that fooled. I knew they made changes to the course. I knew it wasn't as wide open as what they said it was. Like You yeah. definitely couldn't bomb it everywhere no. at this place anymore. No, but I mean, um, what what did the, what did the book set the fucking line at? Seventeen and a half, seventeen seventeen under. I know yeah. <laughs> it came in at fucking whatever Xander finally seven nine under. seven yeah. nine whatever the fuck yeah. it was. And Jesus Christ, the between the wind, the firmness, and if you were even in the intermediate rough, which yeah, we'll talk about later, you could not stop the ball. No. And with how undulated those greens were, I, I I enjoyed watching it Thursday. I didn't watch much on Saturday, Sunday because I, I had stuff going on. But uh, I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was entertaining. I don't think it's the best Scottish golf course out there, but I thought it was entertaining. It was entertaining. It definitely yeah. was. And like uh, I don't know, like I watched I watched more Thursday and Friday. I watched a chunk today. I listened to pretty much all of it today um, on a drive. Okay. But. Uh, and listen, whatever the, the guys on the PGA radio are so fucking good. Like I'm visualizing what's happening. Like, I, like I am. Like I sometimes yeah. I'm like, it's almost like when I was a kid, I like to listen to baseball better than watching it. I don't think I'm at that point yet. But, but like, I really enjoy the radio people so much more than the fucking TV broadcast. Like, it's not even close. Yeah, well, you're really gonna enjoy Open Championship Radio this week. Remember, oh, how I love those guys. last year. Yeah, I love those oh, yeah. guys. Oh my god, it's the fucking yeah, best. everything is so dramatic. So dramatic. A three foot pot. Yeah, especially if it's an English guy involved. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. This oh he hits it to 20 feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, this isn't a gimme. This is a tickler. It's downhill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. but, dude, it says so 18 inch, it says 18 inches on shot tracker. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's well, actually, you know what? So in previous years we did not have shot tracker for the home championship. This year we do actually. So that? finally, maybe we'll get some strokes gain data after each round, which would be nice. Oh, instead sure. of just sure that won't yeah. give me. I mean, listen, all. even without the shot link data, it still beat the PGA Championship app by a billion. PGA, a billion that that miles. shit is trash. That's, that's like comparing like I don't know Sizzler to Ruth Chris. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. Like, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> um, I mean, do you have any quick takeaways for the Scottish Open besides the fact that Xander Schauffele is now Tiger the best golfer on the planet? Yeah, I mean, technically won three straight, three in a row. Yeah. Three in a row. Yeah. I mean, I know the GP McNass is the pro am. It doesn't technically count, but he beat a lot of good guys. Yeah, he beat a lot of good guys. And I mean, look, I mean, 
from from what I've seen from Xander, like he came out kind of flat on Thursday. And I even texted you that what yeah. before the Friday round came off. I was like, I think I'm just gonna football bet Xander next week and call it a fucking day. Did you end up doing that? No. Okay. Because so you, I ended up finding it. Maybe 20, I maybe I can talk you out of it. I found a 26, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just gonna take it. Oh, that's Man. that's nice. And now that's it's gonna nice. be 12. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I, it appreciate. was not a it was not anywhere you could ever get to. <laughs> so <laughs> that's um that's yeah, I mean, I guess at this point. I mean, he was playing so damn good for so long. Like, of course, yeah. there was going to be a regression to the right. mean with this. I mean, I guess, but dude, it was been was, was it five years before his last like technically? No, like, it was it was three, like a full field event. Yeah, a full field event. It was like three or five. years. I mean, he won. It was four years. He won the WGC HSBC. Of course, which course. it's Jeez. no cup. It's still a WGC. Okay, right. that, that counts. Right. Like, if we no, get no, GT, no, it does. Yeah, if you get JT credit for all those wins, you gotta give him credit. Listen, for that I'm win. not taking. I'm not. This is not the argument I'm having. What okay. I'm saying is, is like, what I'm saying is, like, uh, yeah. I mean, he played well for four years and still couldn't find a win, and now all of a sudden it's bang, 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 bang. You know I what mean, I mean? Just, like, you know, you need a lot of luck sometimes to fall your way, and great. you know, I mean, he did just enough today just to win. It was it was a golf course that just seemed like no one could really get up there to no. it because it just it. Cantley looked balls. like he was. Cantley looked like he was making a run early. Cantley played well. That was impressive. Yeah, he looked like he was um, making a run early. Yep. And then he, I think he, what, he finished like T4 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, T4. Yep. Okay. Pitch so, today. yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, I mean, the two guests we have tomorrow are going to be insufferable. Um, ah. I guess just the question is, is, is Xander really winning three straight? Listen, we said the same shit about Scotty. Yeah, it's true. Same shit about Scotty. And how old is Xander? Was he fucking 29, 30? He's like 28. Okay, so yeah. yeah, I mean, fucking why not? Like, I mean, why he, not, he, man? He's got a top ten at a firm Open Championship before that yep. we get to. Yep. Um. Oh, are we gonna do a list tonight? Do you have a list tonight? Oh, yes, we do. We'll play a game. Yeah, I want you to play a game. <laughs> love that you love that. I do. I fucking love yeah. the list. <laughs> so, all right. So, why don't we put a bookmark in Xander because he will make an appearance? Uh, yeah, that's right. Listen, I think I think Xander played fucking great. And what's funny is, is like I texted you earlier, super glad I didn't think of him a one and done, uh, right? Because I was that's who I was on. And I was like, ah, let me save him. He's probably going to top 10 here. Let me just take Fitz and then I'll take Xander next week. Yeah. And now I'm like, ah, fucking Christ. Are I going to take Xander for three in a row now? Now I'm really screwed. Now I don't know so, what to do. I mean, unless you have Xander available. My, uh, <laughs> my one and done. Hey, look at Sam Burns, and then he cratered over the weekend. That sucked. Yeah, I mean, so other than Xander, is there? Any, I mean, so I, everybody's talked about how this is like a full links course, but the wind yeah, was up, is. man. But the the wind was up. Like, I mean, all right, so, plenty so of humps and bumps. The, like, the things you can get from this week is, um, the firmness of the turf because yep. it's going to be the same next week. The slowness of the greens, which. Yep. You're gonna, it's gonna be slower, navigate, week, right? Yeah, same stuff. Like, like there's a difference between like if it's a quick putt down the hill or just like the, like the actual green speeds. It's basically just how high they grow the grass, right? And it's gonna be the same. It's it's gonna run at ten in the stip meter next week. They might be able to you know get a little faster if the winds aren't up, okay. uh, maybe closer to like eleven, eleven and a half. But it's still slower than what these guys are used to. Okay. So the fact these guys played a tournament today, you know, this week got used to those green speeds. Now the greens, they're not, they got some humps and mounds and hollows to it. It's not as severely sloped as what San these Andrews. greens were. Some of the greens of San Andreas are actually pretty flat too. Okay. Um, but there's still some curvature and undulation to it. Okay. Uh, and the fact that like, it just, it's, it's 
if you're way far away, like, and you have like you hit it over a mound or something, it's going to be difficult. So getting used to these green speeds is a good thing. And a lot of these guys are going to have that practice. Um, you know, I mean, the rough is not, I'm, I guess we're already getting into open. Well, no, so, so so let's let's look at the course preview. Yeah. yeah, but as far as like it, like as far as like takeaway, so let, let me just be specific, yeah. right? Okay. So certain players, right, who haven't had like uh, a good history at at least courses or no history, like like a Max yeah. Homa, right? Homa looked good right. until today, right? Yeah. He looked like he kind of figured it out. He went he went and played because you're not on Twitter. I don't know if you know this. Like after he made, no, I know he went to, he went to uh, North Berwick. I, I yeah, saw, I, I saw a golf digest article. Okay, so yeah, I mean, so like a guy like Max Homa. Uh, um, you know, can't lay like he's had a mixed history uh, and now yeah. you add the major factor into it. Like yeah. Cam you know. Smith, he's never done anything in an open. And he, yeah. not, he, I mean, he made he a kind of number it. and he fine yeah. over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. That's encouraging. Yep. Um, I mean, I think to take away from speed these guys, good. speed always looks good. Like this is yeah. like, it's like this, I'm going to have the squarest DFS shit next week. And you know I why? I don't because think because every week I go away from fucking Chuck. I wanted to play Xander all week. And fucking, well, here, here, oh, you can't play thing. Xander we're at 22%. We're going to talk about this later on again to like relative skill sets and like how guys are doing coming in the open. If you just pick the best guys, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like getting cute at the open tends not to work out for you. But it's like trying to say like, okay, I think this guy who like tends to do well at like, I don't know, Honda Classics or like Byron Nelson's. Like, you know, he's he's got to figure it out. You can go play St. Andrews, Carnoustie, or Royal St. George. It just it doesn't work out. But I always feel like I always feel like uh these rando fucking Euros can still do well here. Well, I mean, I think it's because they're used to the green speeds. I think that's yeah. that's a big thing. I mean, yeah. I, we saw it this week. Like a lot of guys at the top, like of that leaderboard that just you wouldn't think like could do anything. And we saw a lot of Guys were really good, just bomb out. Yeah. So I, I I think like green speeds and just the slowness of the golf course, just you know, it it, it can it's a little bit of an adjustment period. Okay. You know, and they're not used to this stuff. But it's the same thing when like a really good European comes over and plays here. It's different. Like like yeah. when Robert McIntyre, like he can do really well over in Europe, and he comes over here, he does not. Not, not there's a reason for didn't that. Do, didn't do anything this weekend either. Well, I know, but like just in general <laughs> though, like I, I I know like oh Bobby Max in the field, like you know maybe we can get him like top. No, he missed the cut because it's a different type of golf over here. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, I mean like yeah, I, I'm talking about just like I, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll get someone like on the DFS show or something. Okay, that's fine. Speaking of All DFS, right. uh, the DFS site that I play on just trolled me. It was like, you won $300. It's like, no, I didn't. I lost $1,200. What are you talking about? You scumbags. Don't send me those fucking things. It, it makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Like, no, it doesn't. Oh, you know, it I makes you want to smash want my something phone. back. It makes okay. me want to smash right. my phone. Uh, any <laughs> other takeaways? Um, my concern about Will Zalatoris coming in was he, whenever his putters turned around, was on faster surfaces. No. And he was bad on the greens. But what about the Augusta comp, Steve? That's, uh, that's all I've that's seen on Twitter today. Slow. Those are fast greens. I know, but everybody, like, listen. So, like I said, the only thing. Oh, oh. so you read my article. Yeah, I read your article. Okay. And then I saw it on Twitter today. Like, there was a bunch of Augusta comps. I haven't listened yeah. to anything yet. Like, I'm not trying to poison my brain okay. this early in the week. Um, well, I'll <laughs> poison your brain tonight. Yeah, probably. I think you need to say, I think you need to take in a little bit of the context. Like, but we'll talk, we'll talk about the Augusta links. Yeah, but listen, um. Listen. Shuffler missed a couple bunnies. He didn't putt well this week. I don't know. Shuffler sank so many of my fucking lineups. Yeah, that was bad. Him and Herbert. 
Yeah. Well, you, you were an angry elf on, on Friday, Friday morning. It was so bad, bro. <laughs> Towards the end. Bro, and, I mean, I, I was I was an angry elf at 4 a.m. on Thursday. Thursday. Once I realized, oh, fuck, I messed up how this golf course. Well, I couldn't believe he ejected because at least I would have had, like, I would have in the, because I did the, whatever, $5 fucking yeah. 150 max, right? Mm-hmm. And I at least would have had, like, 20 to 25, like, six to sixes if it wasn't fucking Herbert. Right. You know what I mean? So, fuck it. Oh well. Hey, Fabrizio Zanotti came through though. Yeah, Alexander fucking... Bjork played pretty well. Didn't he? Wait, isn't he the one? Didn't he DQ? Who was, no, who was that, that Bjork? No, that was Thomas Bjorn. They're all the same. Okay, no, Thomas Bjorn is way more well known than uh, Alexander Bjork. They also have the same name. Okay, I called Gazintyk Gazintyk because I couldn't true. remember who the fuck he That's was. That's true. All right. Well, I move on to the open. All right, let's go. Open right. time. Hey, first of all, are we back on Peacock with this bullshit? Uh, I believe so. I think Peacock is from like 1 a.m. to like like 4.30 a.m. Wait, 1 a.m.? Yeah, because of the time difference. We went off at 2.15 this week. Oh, it, it's, it, it just, it's, it's going to be 1 a.m. this week. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm never sleeping now because I stay up to 1 normally. So now I'm going to be like, I'll go to sleep, yeah. fall asleep to this. It'll be 4 a.m. when I turn no, off the I'll probably w- I'm probably going to wake up about 3. That's usually when I wake up. Um, and then I'll probably make a big breakfast. That's an American psycho statement. I usually wake up at three. Yeah, but you know okay, what though? Christian, the, okay, the, Christian, li- yeah. the live gambling opportunities at that time, pretty good. Last year, I oh, caught a book. They were, still, they were still hanging more. He, I think he just got like one within the lead. Oh yeah, on that's right. Friday, and a yeah. book was still hanging twenty to one on him, and I yeah. crushed it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was pretty great. I did not. I right. sleep. <laughs> While we talk about the Open Championship. Let's go. All right. So, again, play at St. Andrews. It's the 150th Open Championship. Um, we've seen St. Andrews a lot, especially if you're my age. Like, I, you know, what probably one of the first Opens you watched was probably the one that Tiger Woods just burned to the ground back in, I think, like 2000 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we've seen it over the years. I have a couple videos of hole by hole. I also posted the 2015 final round uh, at St. Andrews, which actually just was wildly entertained. Do you remember a lot of that tournament? Not really, man. Okay. So that was the one that DJ was like, he was running away with it after 36 holes, but they got crazy weather conditions. Was that the Monday finish? Yeah, it was the Monday finish. It, like, oh, basically yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. it shut down pretty much almost all day Friday, Saturday. They got in the rest of the second round Saturday. Then they played third round Sunday, fourth round Monday. Yeah. So, wow. so yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Kind of a weird vibe, you yeah. know, having like the final round entirely on, on a Monday for the open championship. Um, entertaining tournament though. Like you had Leishman. It looked like he was going to win. I think and he messed up 16. Um, you had Zach Johnson kind of flying. I think he came back from like four shots mm-hmm. after 54 holes. He won. Louis, like, and I, I've, I've watched that final he came round. in second, right? Did, was yeah, there a so playoff? he lost in a playoff. I, yeah, I yeah, watched okay. that. Um, I do remember. I rewatched the 2015 final round on YouTube a couple times just over the last few weeks just to refamiliarize myself with the course. Louis should have won that tournament. He had he missed so many putts, uh, especially on the back nine there, which just, is weird because that's all Louis does now. Is I know. Putts. Yeah, it, back then he was not a good. Putt. No, I know. Now, now, now that's all putts. he does. Now it's all he does. Yeah. Well, technically we don't know because they don't keep stats, stats on live. So that's a different conversation. Ah, that is a different conversation. All right, no live talk. All right, no, no, we are not doing that. And then the last thing I did, I actually posted a link to, uh, I think it's the head of golf instruction of St. Andrews. Basically, does a hole by hole of like all the strategy of like playing each hole. And that's what I want to lead to right now. Like, 
Is that in the article? I know. Yeah, it is. Though. Yeah. Basically, okay. I, I posted what he did on the road hole because that's the, that's the whole like we all basically want to mm -hmm. see how they play. But it's, it, I posted the, it's the video playlist. Every single hole he'll go through like, all right, you know, the burns like 300 yards out or like, you know, hey, this pop bunker is 280 to carry, but you got to play towards it if you want a good angle to get. So okay. and, and that's how I want to transition to this place because, okay. um, you know, for the talk for at, at least it's the last like year or two is that the tour pros are going to burn this place to the ground. Um, you know, it's going to yep. play if there's no win, no pretty soft, like yeah. it's going to be drive or wedge, like all, like yeah. all that stuff. And like, there's some merit to, if there isn't, any wind then scores will be low like, like we've seen examples of this like at the alfred dunhill the saint andrews is in the rotation of those three courses i mean it's it's basically the european tour equivalent of our table beach program okay so they play do you know what courses they play in the, on the dunhill bro come on all right so they play saint andrews they play king's barns which is a good golf course a little south of there uh and then they play carnoustie Oh, okay. So they play those three all over three days. They do the cut, and then they all play St. Andrews on Sunday. Pretty good. That's not so bad gig if you can get it. Yeah, I mean, like Hatton's won it. Fleetwood's done pretty well there. Like Danny Willett won there last year. Um, but we've seen tournaments where, like, if there's no weather, and it's playing in October, like, and that could be cold Scottish weather. But like, if they didn't get any win, like, um, I in 2017, Ross Fisher shot 61. Um, last year there was like light to moderate winds. Who the was, fuck is Ross Fisher? He he was pretty good, like like mid twenty teens. So, uh, but he shot but he shot sixty one. He he almost was on a Ryder Cup team. Uh, I think back in like twenty sixteen. Maybe he might have a shot this year too. Who knows? <laughs> well, we said no live talk. So sorry, sorry. All right, too easy, too easy. All right. And then last year at the Alfred Dunhill. Um, I think only eight players shot over par in the final round. And it was cold, but there wasn't much wind. Uh, now, the Alfred Dunhill, it, it, like people are going to refer to that as their evidence of, oh, well, St. Andrews is really easy. Well, that's a fucking pro-am, guys. Like, they're putting pins literally in the easiest spots. Right. And with how big these greens are, there are a lot of places you can put a pin. So it, it really is going to come down to, like, as far as, like, the difficulty of this place, if there's if there really truly is no wind, what can the RNA do? And what can St. Andrews kind of like bring to the table just on its own to kind of frustrate players? Well, first off, like this is a golf course that a lot of people when they first play it, just don't like and don't understand. There's a lot of quirkiness to it. There's a lot of movement in the fairways and greens. Like there's a lot of times where like you hit a pro shot and you think it's good, but if it hits the wrong side of a mound, it goes like, 30, 40, 50 feet the other way. And you're like, what the hell happened? Um, now it can be unfair. It's, it's definitely a course that once you play it more over time, you start to understand it. And like, it, it, and it ends up being, you know, I mean, there's, I don't think there's a coincidence that guys like Tiger Woods, Tom Watson, Jack Nicholas, you know, three of one of the best golfers in history, yeah. they consider St. Andrews their favorite golf course on earth. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of quotes about it as far as like, you know, the history of St. Andrews and like how it like, it's interesting, it's character, like how it challenged you. Like, so like, I'll go through a couple examples. Like, so Alistair McKenzie, you know, the old course St. Andrews rarely appears at first sight. It's not, it really takes 
years for scoffers to come to as many virtues. Uh, Gene Sarazen, after my third or fourth round, I was an eloquent admirer of the old course. Um, Peter Thompson, if there was one part of the game not right, no matter how you try, how you try, you know, hard to protect it, the old course will find it. Uh, Robert Hunter, St. Andrews yields nothing to power unless it be used with wisdom. And H.N. Weather and Tom Simpson. Uh, I don't know who those guys are, but they had a good quote. Uh, St. Andrews is <laughs> not difficult, not because bunkers are placed to catch inaccurate shots, because the result of Mr. Misadventures to make the next shot infinitely more difficult than it otherwise would have been. I, you know, so speaking of that quote, and some of the things I listened to this week, they get me prepped. And you know, I listened to like Justin Thomas talk about the old course. I listened to, listened to Jeff Shackle. Oh, did you see his stupid hat? No, I didn't. I just it literally to says the, it literally says the old course. It's the worst looking hat you've ever seen. Oh, uh, it's probably not worse than what Tom, Tony Fino's gonna wear on Saturday. That's fair. So, um, so in order to score, like if we're talking about like 20, 25 under winning scores, I think what everybody thinks is gonna be, um. If you really want to score, St. Andrews is designed where you have to take on the bunkers, either the pop bunkers in the fairway or the bunkers, you know, around the green. And it's, it's, it's definitely a risk reward golf course. Like, and you know, there's a lot of ways you can play St. Andrews either if there's weather elements or not. So if there's weather elements, you know, like, you know, Justin Thomas was talking about how when he first played St. Andrews back at the Alfred Dunhill, like, in 2014 or so um it was traditional scottish weather and he hit and it's only like a 350 yard par four the the opening hole yeah and it's got the burn in front so you know it's it's usually not one you try to dr- take on and drive it over so but he hit driver six iron into that hole and it was 350 yards because the wind was That's so stupid yeah and then there was other times when it was dead calm and he hit seven iron wedge so this is a golf course that with how the weather is, it can change. Right. And it's also a golf course where there's always a lot of options, you know, if it, and because, you know, it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, the fairways are really wide, at least like before it starts bottlenecking and there's some trouble. Um, if you want to hit driver down the left towards the other fairway, plenty of room out there. You know, if you want to try and thread the needle and try to get through the bottleneck of the fairway, take on the pop bunkers, you know, to get, you know, maybe go for, because that's where the pin is that day. It's a better angle. The green can do that too. Um, maybe that requires a layup off the tee. Um, it's definitely one where the RNA, because the greens are so big, I referenced this earlier, in that they can protect the golf course from getting, quote unquote, bombed and overrun, which is guys hitting driver anywhere and they're always in the fairway, um, depending on where they move the pin. You know, for example, like let's say a guy just takes driver, he hits it down the left. Well, if the RNA sets the pin correctly, let's say it's on the other side of a mound, like the guy's got no angle over there. Right. It, like as best he can do is get like 40 feet for birdie. And that's not really going to cut it. Or, you know, they can set the pin where it's, it's there, you know? Yeah. Like maybe you gotta take like a hybrid, hit it down the right, you know, take on the, of, you know, one of the pop bunkers. If you miss it, then you have a perfect angle. It's a flat landing spot. You can get to it. Uh, there's ways the RNA can do that because the greens are so big. There's a lot of pin positions. They can do that. Haven't we heard um, this before though? Like, I know. Well, that's a thing. I, I know. And let me get to that. All right. You guys got to make sure you get down on the win bet $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. If you're betting baseball, you got to check out win bet 
their with their reduced juice in baseball games, it makes them the best place to bet the MLB. And if you bet $500 in sports or casino before July 31st, 2022, you get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at the Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you got to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform Today, with millions of players, you probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing a new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players you like and pick the over-under. For example, the points of basketball or hits of baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere between 2 and 20 times the money you put in. And the main reason I'm excited about the over-under app on or the over under on sleeper is is the only app where i can join my buddies contest and play together it's got a built-in group chat where i can see and copy my friends picks with a tap of a button it's insanely fun to write it out together so stop doing what you're doing and download sleeper to play their new over under game have fun with your friends and make some money so on your phone go join our listener group over at sleeper dot com slash sgp and sleeper automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks that's right join the squad and get a 100 percent deposit match on sleeper.com slash sgp and the sgpn discord you guys gotta go make sure you check out the new discord server it's the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire sgpn crew just go to sports podcast.com slash discord they've also have um grown out the rough, which is kind of sacrilege to mm-hmm. St. Andrews because we it's at its core, it's basically just all fairway. And the RNA, because they've been here in this for years, have understood that they don't want this golf course, just everybody just saying driver wedge everywhere. So they have grown fair grown rough to places where that used to be fairway. So that's going to be a challenge. I think I was I was looking at um, Jeff Sackford's email earlier that, the, you know, the rough is like two to four inches. It's not penal by any means, but we saw this week at the um, at the uh, Scottish Open that even if you're just in the intermediate rough, like the ball just with as firm as St. Andrews is right now, it's really baked out, and it doesn't look like they're getting any rain between now and like at least Saturday. The ball's just going to run, you know, okay. just, you know, off the tee as well. Like once it hits the ground, it's just going to keep going and going and going. It's going to be hard to hold fairways. If it's in the rough, it's going to be hard to hold the green too. The ball's just going to keep rolling. And we saw that the sky open this week where anything in the rough, like you could not get a spin. It's hard to get the ball close unless you like just bounced it to the green. Like you landed short, you were creative. You used the mounts, your advantage. Like it wasn't just like the typical driver wedge, wedge like, yeah. or, you know, bomb and gouge that yeah. we see on PG tour. It's different. So those are ways the RNA can protect it. Also, I, I saw it in a shack of our email. Like they can actually use like distance, like, you know, like these guys hitting it so long to the RNA's advantage. If they move up the T box on like 16, then they can't get to the other fairway. And then they're just in rough. And like the angle into that green is actually makes a nightmare <laughs> approach shot. Okay. So 
that actually is kind of interesting. Like actually shorten the golf course because these guys hit it so, <laughs> so far, far and the yeah. ball just rolls forever. Like that actually maybe can be toward to their advantage. Where How about these guys that? are like, How about- these guys are like, all right, I can't really hit driver because this thing's going to go 380 and it's going to roll into the rough and I'm going to be at a terrible angle. Maybe I got to hit iron now. And like trying to actually yeah. how crazy would that be if the that would be if, nuts if the if the answer to the equipment and how long everybody is is not lengthening the golf courses, shutting these bitches. Yeah, because then that would be fucking wild, cause that, man. Because then if you hit it so far, you're actually fucked. Yeah, that would be holy wild. shit. It's so easy. It might it, that might be the fucking answer. Maybe. I mean, I I posted my article today, like on hole number 16. Like, if you really want to hit yeah, driver, you've got to cut the corner and you bring OB into play. Yeah. And you can't hit it down the left because you're going to be, and they grew up the rough there. Yep. You're going to be in the rough and you got to carry two bunkers and a couple mounds. And like, it's just not a good approach shot. <laughs> like, that it. could be it. And like, at St. Andrews, like, and the architecture of it, like, it really does do a good job of like, if you truly don't have a good angle to the green, there's really not much you can do. Okay. Like either you got to carry over a bunker or there's a couple mounds, like it's a blind approach shot. Like it's, it doesn't make it easy to like, cause this isn't new with St. Andrews. Like there's always been wide fairways there. Right. And you know, I mean, it's, and it's not a, like, it's not some secret like that we've revealed over the last couple of years. Like, Oh, if I hit it farther, I'm going to score better. Well, like, <laughs> It's been like that for years there. Right. So there are some ways the RNA can just not make it just a mindless bomb it, just bomber fest. Like I think some people are going to think it is this week. With that said, if there isn't any wind and guys are smart and creative and have a really good sense of like where the pin is and what shot I need to hit off the tee in order to get a good approach in, this thing can definitely get lit up. Like, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I think just my point is it's not going to be just everyone, his driver, and they're going to have like 90 yards in. It's not going to be that. I I think like you can do it. You just, you're going to have to hit a really good tee shot to kind of thread the needle. It's not going to be a situation where just guys just mindlessly go into the other fairway and they're going to hit over the rough and it's just going to be like that. No. Okay. And you, if you want to do that, you can. It's not as easy, I think, as people are going to make it out to be, but you can. So, and that's the beauty of this place. Like I said, there's a lot of options. You can play. There's no right way to play it. Like if you want to lay up off the tee and try to hit everything straight and like set up a little bit longer approach up and have good angles, you can do that. If you want to try and hit driver, take all the trouble out, out of the way and then delay the difficult shot to the next shot, you can do that too. Okay. So, I mean, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like a fantasy football. Like any single strategy can work. Like it's just, you need to execute. And that's kind of what this place is. Okay. You got any questions? Yeah, I got lots of questions. So, so if there's no wind, yeah, it can be a birdie fest, but not necessarily. And that is that just it it can be a birdie fest if people are playing well and smart. It's not going to be just like it can definitely get people in trouble if you're dumb, or you or you take on or you choose the wrong like. Like, let's say you like you weigh your risk rewards, yeah, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna hit this shot. Well, if you screw it up, then you're, you're fucked. fucked. Okay. Yeah, like you're not making birdie or you're bringing a bogey into play, like, and you do that enough times, like, yeah, you, you shoot yeah you're gonna bomb out. Like yeah. we say that every tournament, but like, and especially here, but like, if you have a really good understanding of the golf course, 
where the pin is and where you need to be in the fairway or just off the tee to know like, okay, I have a fantastic angle. If I can pull off this shot, I know it's difficult, but if I can do it, yeah. This place can is there, is there a certain caddy or a couple caddies who have like really good knowledge of this course? I mean, anyone's probably played it before. Like, no, no, but I mean, like, as far as like in like competition, right? Because I know we haven't seen this. As, as I mean, before. I mean, you could go with anybody who's probably played the Alfred Dunhill. You can look okay. at that. I mean, it's a different course setup, but they've seen it a lot of times. They see it every year. You could probably look at whoever played the 2015 Open or the 2010 Open. Um, yeah, know? I mean, this guy's been around for a while, so they've yeah. at least seen it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like that's pretty rabbit hole stuff. Yeah, no, and, the, I, and what, at the end of the day, it's still up to the player to pull off the shot. Correct, correct, but but yeah. So I I want I want I definitely want a caddy who's been here. Like like I know this sounds ridiculous, yeah. but like no, I, no, want, I I agree with that. Yeah, like I like I want a caddy who's been here and understands the layout and understands like the bumps and like the hey you got to yeah. take this line, got to take that line. It's always up to the player to execute, but right. I don't want a, a dumbass caddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. I want I know well, that that's kind of the beauty of this week too, because like I don't think any single model that you want to put in like a stat site is like perfect. It's stuff like you just mentioned, like a lot of these intangible stuff, but kind of like when yeah. we see the Gus National, like there's not really like a perfect like model for that. You right. kind of just go like, all right, I think he's like, you know, he's really creative, like he's a shot maker, like mm-hmm. I just think he's gonna fit him, and it kind of just works out that way. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think like that's gonna be a difference between like Doing really well or not? It's kind of like how the fuck am I going to research caddies who who played it safe? I I do enough for you guys. Someone else wants to take. That's why I said, "How am I going to do it?" I wasn't asking you to do it. All right, fuck am I going to figure that out? The Google box will help me. The uh, (laughs) all right. So as far as so other than like other than like you know how to attack the course and things like that, like if it's going to be burnt out and it's not going to be bomb and gouge because I don't I don't think that's right either. I really don't. And no, I, I, I really, with as big as these greens are and the RNA, there's, they're not dumb. Like, I think they're going to set up maybe some crazy unfair pin positions where like, Good. if you are in the rough, like you have no chance of stopping the ball close to the hole because okay. it's going to be so firm. The ball's okay. just going to roll. I mean, these greens are just like, they're literally like football fields, like yeah, the double but, greens and they're huge. And like, but you've seen the guys, like even like Fitz over the weekend, like he watched his two other guys try to fly whoever he's playing with on. Thursday or Friday, I can't find mm-hmm. it, whatever. He started trying to fly to the pin and started shoot, overshoot the green. So he clubbed down yeah. and hit it 20 yards in front of the green and stuck it to like six feet, right? Well, so you like want to go to my point about proximity stats this week? Sure. Okay. I don't <laughs> think it's going to help. I don't think it's going to no, help. I don't think it's, it's going to help either. It's all feel. Well, that's the thing. That's You just mentioned it right there. A lot of times in Lynx Golf, you're not playing to the number like you are in a PGA Tour. Like, all right, if it's – like it, like they'll be like, all right, it's one seventy five to the top shelf. They're gonna hit it there. Like right. here in Lynx Golf, like okay, you're in the rough. I need to hit it like forty yards short of the green and let Let's it see run. what happens. Or maybe I need to play like away from the hole and then just let it filter down, like stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it depends on like wind conditions every single day. Like, all right, I mean, like some days it's gonna play like one hundred twenty five yard shot. Other days gonna be one seventy five. Like, and like I also said, there are a lot of different ways to play St. Andrews. If, you know, and a bomber could say like, all right, I'm actually, I'm actually going to club down because I think I can hit it, you know, you know, pretty far with an iron, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try and lay short of the trouble. And like, I'm confident with my iron game, I can get it there. Or maybe take a shorter hitter is going to try and maybe take stuff on, maybe get a little farther down the fairway. Like it, it's hard to predict, I think how, what guys strategies each one's going to be. Yeah. As far as where they want to be. 
And because it really is kind of up to them. It's up to how much risk they want to take off the tee. It's up to how much reward they want to get. Like maybe yeah. they are comfortable. Like, all right, this hole, I don't really, I don't really feel comfortable here. I just want to get to a point where I just want to like two putt and get out of here. Or no, I'll be like, all right, I need to be aggressive. I want to like get here. It, it's going to be different for everybody. It's not like going to TBC John Deere. Everybody bombs it and everybody's going to have like a 150 yard shot. In the ring. It's, right. it's not like that. Yeah. So I, I I don't think proximity stats are useful at all. I don't think, first of all, there's no shot link data from any of the tournaments. I know. It's impossible to get. If it's really going to be firm, ball's going to roll forever. And that also means, A, to roll just straight away, and maybe you do have a 99 shot, or it rolls and it takes the wrong side of a hop, and yeah, then it stops in the rough or goes to the yeah. pop bugger, and then yeah, you fuck. Yeah. So it's I, wild. I love and, it. And, and we'll get to it. And this is just a sneak preview of the relative skills chart. If you just target good iron players, you're probably fine. And we'll talk about the reason why later. Okay. So that's my proximity, you know, spiel. But yeah. I'm glad you br- you brought that up. Okay. Okay. Well, Any other questions before we move on? I mean, I have more. We, I'm sure they'll pop up later. Okay. You want to talk about nuts and bolts of the golf course? Nuts and bolts. Bro. All right. Let's go. Okay. Nothing I like more than a good nut. All right. So Sands is going to play just a shade under 7,300 yards, which is about like how long these open championship uh, golf course has basically been over the years. Like, it, and there's there's only so much with these golf courses that they could actually change the length. And like a lot of tee boxes are over on a different golf course, <laughs> and they just can't go back much further. So there's a cap on like what these things can be. Um, I mean, the true yardage of each hole is going to differ based on where the wind is, and because it's out in in nature, like the golfer is going to face completely different wind directions each on each night. Kind of like we saw at Kiowa, and that affected like scoring too. Like where we saw yeah. like you know the guys going out on the front nine if they had a tailwind, they were awesome, and then they got just their dicks kicked in on the, you know coming in. Yeah, kind of the same thing here. Like everybody goes out and then they come in. So, um, kind of like what you talked about earlier. Uh, I think you need to have a really good caddy to do well here. I think you need a season one. Um, I think you gotta have a lot of trust in him. I almost kind of wonder too, like, has anyone ever tried just because like the caddies at St. Andrews, like they're some of the best in the world. Okay. I wonder if anyone's ever tried to say like, you know what? You know, my regular caddy, stay home. I'll give I'll you my caddy. From, like St. Andrews. Yeah. But like, Hey, listen, man, stay home. Uh, I yeah. heard, I heard uh, Liam uh, really knows his shit around here. If I, I hit, I'll give you the 10%. I'll give this guy 5%. It's more money than he's made at St. Andrews in fucking five years. And uh, we'll all be fucking happy. That's a maybe great a, strategy. Maybe, maybe, Steve, maybe, Jesus Christ. That's a great fucking strategy. Why don't people do that? Maybe one of the live guys will do it because Liv's actually paying the caddies. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Move on. Yeah. Move on. Maybe, maybe DJ's going to leave Austin at home. I would leave Austin at home. How he's been reading pots <laughs> over the past fucking year. So, yeah, I mean, like, but like we talked about earlier, like caddies are really important. Uh, so it's a, it's a par 72, but it's a unique, unique layout. There's only two par threes and only two par fives. Um, both the par threes will play under 175 yards, but they go in opposite directions. So depending on what the wind is, one might play more like 150. The other one might play more like 200. But, you know, while just on the scorecard, they're not overly long. Like these things are, you know, defended by like, you know, pop bunkers, humps, hollows, mounds, all that stuff. So. Um, it's, it's not easy, especially number 11. Um, that's, I think called Eden. It's one of the greatest par threes in the world. Uh, it's, that's a difficult hole because based on like how the green is, you know, contoured and shaped. Yeah. It's um, contoured like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you talk. It's like, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and there, I, I think the RNA might be complete assholes about pin positions this week. Good. I hope they are, especially yeah. if the wind's not up. 
Yeah, I, but it looks it, like the wind's going to be up according to Windfinder, but it's Sunday night. I know we'll see. I mean, they they fucked me over last week. We'll, exactly. Yeah, whatever. All right. And as far as the par five, oh, what, what do we call it? What are we going to pay attention to? The all oh, the super forecast. The super forecast. How we get we, we can delve that? into that on the DFS show, but fucking believable, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, depending on where you are, that might be the one to use. <laughs> Great shit ads. Yeah, it was completely. It was completely different, by the way. So different. Unbelievable. All right. Anyways. Um, as far as the par fives, one is a 570 yard fifth. If the wind's in your back, it's pretty reachable, uh, especially if it's running firm and fast. Like it's only the green is so big, like it probably only takes like 180, 200 yard like approach on just bounce it up to the front. Roll out, take care of the rest. Um, especially with how firm it is. And if you're taking a long iron, you probably gotta land it short, let it run up to the hole, depending on where the pin is. And as for as for the 14th, that's over 600 yards. Um but again, if it's the win is favorable, um, you can probably at least get it close into the, the difference though with this 14th is that the closer you get to the green, if you don't get on, there's two big mounds that make it a little more difficult. So you actually kind of want to lay back a little bit. Um, if you don't want to go for it, or you just want might, or you might just want to hit it completely over, you know, past the pin and just kind of like, you know, work your way backwards. There is hell bunker, uh, on the 14th. Is that's not real. It's not really that, in play for these guys though. Which is uh, it's in play for us. It's not really play for them. It's probably not even play for us. <laughs> no, it. it pr- I no, mean, I mean, as far as like, I'm gonna hit it fucking right off the tee. <laughs> I'm already gonna be in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> like it's really not in play for right. Me. <laughs> it, it's it, it's it's not really in play for these guys either. I I don't remember. I mean, there probably was somebody in it on 2015. I don't. It was not a factor at all on the final. on the outcome. Yeah. yeah. So. It's just people will talk about it. It doesn't really matter. Uh, as far as agronomy goes, um, it's got different strains of like fescue, bank grass, rye grass, poa, meadow grass, like all around the golf course. The greens are basically entirely fescue. Kind of like we talked about last week, though. Um, there's very few examples outside the UK where you see fescue golf courses. Uh, the only ones I can think of off the top of my head, Whistling Straits, which has hosted a Bryder Cup and a major, uh, Aaron Hills um, in 2017. Is Aaron Hills fescue? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a links. It's an American links style. Listen, I, Actually, listen, I, be, I believe I you. I was just great. confused. Honestly, looking back on it, if I just used the Aaron Hills like leaderboard, I would have done great this week because I know Xander did well. Like that was his breakout. Um, Way to be a week late, Steve. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood did well. He did well this week. Nobody was. Nobody was bad. Fleetwood. He was cursed, wasn't he? He was, but he was like top five, I think. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, what I'm saying. So, so is that curse broken? I. The Sobel curse broke a week ago. Now Anacurse is doing shit. Right. Xander and, is, uh, and then he had Chambers Bay, but those were faster greens invaded by Poa. Like that, there's yeah, Chambers Bay was a nightmare. I know. Well, that's the thing. There's nothing to take away from that. No, US Open. No. Like that, that, that was quote unquote fescue. It was not fescue. Doesn't and it was matter. so bad they actually converted it all to Poa, which they should have did before the US <laughs> they US really? Open. Yeah, they converted it all to Poa. And Boy, now it actually plays awesome. I wonder how much that costs. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a muni, so it costs the taxpayers. Um, they yeah. can afford it; they're fine. Yeah, okay. Seattle, I mean, Chambers Bay, yeah, they're yes. okay. Mister Starbucks can, uh, yeah, exactly. So the um, and then, like, like I mentioned earlier, like at the, the Renaissance Club last week, which I think a lot of guys. Oh, no, no, sir, it's the Renaissance Club. But, Did you hear that? That is, is that, that that made me triggered every single fucking time they said it. I was like, I don't give a shit how you pronounce it. Everybody here says Renaissance. You Stop know, I mean, that, that, that's basically a roster accent. Renaissance, my nasally accent right there coming. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I don't, um, I don't, I don't think so, Steve. I, 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 I'm, I'm, not, ju- I'm making fun of where I live. 
Yeah, that's me? fine. Uh, yeah. Th- but listen, that was really annoying. It was funny because all the American announcers had to like say it and then re-say it again. I was like, are these pricks who are like, you have to say the fucking country club right? Like, yeah. who are these assholes? Like, By this way, is do the, you know the Jerry Savardi? He's a Jacksonville businessman. Do I know Jerry Savardi? Yeah, what, like, what does he do down there? Do you know he own, like car dealerships or something? I'm Savardi? No, I've never heard of him. Yeah, he's a Jacksonville businessman. It doesn't I assume him. you would know him. You probably roll in the same Why? circles. No, wait, who is he? Why he you owns the Renaissance. The Renaissance. Oh no, we definitely don't run in the same. Okay, he okay, owns the Renaissance club. No, no. Listen, right. listen. I know, I know. I was high level for a while, but I definitely did not know that guy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Back to my point. Just like the Renaissance club last week, oh, the Greens are roll. I literally want to punch my computer. I fucking hate it. The Greens are <laughs> roll really slow again. Um, the Greens are not quite as severely sloped as what they were last week. It's still pretty quirky. There's still a lot of mounds. Like it. If you're on the wrong place on the green it's going to be pretty tricky to put on it uh but it's going to be slow um like i mentioned earlier if the winds are cooperating they might speed up the greens um as weekend goes on if not they'll just keep it at 10 so same green speeds is what you see last week so um we already did approach shot distances and i went my little spiel about how i think it's fucking useless this week you fucking think it's useless every week i do but i think it's especially (laughs) i think it's i i think you're adding Bad Steve, data Steve do you not remember yeah. the 60 yards and in at the U.S. Open and how useful that was for us? Oh, well, <laughs> useful for you. <laughs> I, I didn't use any of that. Um, I, okay, Augusta National. So you saw us on Twitter. Probably everybody else did. Uh, I spelled it out in my column this week. Uh, so, I mean, just inherently, I, I think the two ma- – like, we can kind of link both majors together. Usually you link the U.S. Open and PGA together. Those are kind of like power, hard, difficult, like that style of golf. We kind of saw this year, Brookline and um, uh, Southern Hills. And then kind of with the Open, you know, typically we link it to the Masters. Like, it's it's not so we just, like, mindlessly overpower it. You know, there's it requires some thought, strategy, creativity, and stuff like that. Um, so a lot of times you kind of equate, okay, if you do really good at the match, you can do no, well, no open championship. Well, I, I think there's no other venue that's as closely linked to Augusta National as St. Andrews. And it, it kind of shows in the leaderboard, um, that have, it's produced over the last three and kind of like for the reasons I said earlier, like, you know, it, there's a lot of options kind of at both golf clubs, you know, a lot of options at Augusta National as far as how you really want to play it. You know, like got, you gotta be really good around the greens kind of at both. Like, you know, the greens are you know, tricky and complex and everything. And you see it at both places. So let's run through both top tens in, or in 2005, 2010, 2015. And I'll give you just like their master's history. So, you know, 2005, uh, won by Tiger Woods. Uh, he's, he's okay. You know, he got some national. Yeah, he might be uh, right. yeah. You know, five time masters winner, seven other top five finishes. He, How many times does he won St. Andrews? Uh, twice. twice. Yeah. He won in 2000, 2005. <laughs> Pretty good. All right. T3. Fred Couples, where are the 1992 Masters? Like this is like this is like passes prime Fred Couples too. Yeah, passes prime was 1988. All right, <laughs> ten of our top ten finishes. T three, Jose Maria Olazabal, two time Masters champion, six other top ten finishes. Uh, T five, Sergio Garcia, who had would not go on to do anything at the Masters until twelve years later. But hey, you know what fits my narrative? Yep. Yeah, Masters comp. T five, Bernhard Longer. Really? What the hell happened? What the hell was going on with golf in 2005? 
we're know. like he's, we're Fred he's couples. Killing the senior tour though. We're Fred couples, Olazabo and Longer. And Colin Montgomery, by the way, I didn't include this because his matches are dog shit, but he finished, I think, second. But <laughs> like he was past his prime too. Well, listen, what what do you guys like about coffee? I mean, listen, some of your guys, you know, do uh, you guys like a Duncan's guy? Are you a Starbucks guy? You know, listen, save some money and make get some of this stuff at home, man. Go to Trade Coffee, man. Uh, it connects the customers with the freshest, best-tasting coffee they've ever made uh, by at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns, and Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. And listen, expert taste of coffee. Uh, listen, the, the trade team over there actually taste tests thousands of different coffees. That sounds like a great job, actually. And they keep 450 kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you. And trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. And they also got a first batch guarantee. Trade is so confident they'll match you. Uh, right with the first time. If they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual, actual coffee expert will work with you to send a, you out a brand new bag for free. Listen, whether your friends call you a coffee snob or you just know what it tastes like when coffee is perfect trades, real coffee experts personally taste, like I said, over 450 roads. So they know exactly what to recommend for you because look, the truth is what I like and what you like is going to be completely different. You, you will like a certain selection of coffee that are different from anybody else's taste so all you gotta do is answer a couple questions and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like and there's no gimmicks trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or ground however you do it at home and they'll guarantee you'll love it or your first order is free trade has already delivered about five million bags of fresh coffee with more than seven hundred fifty thousand positive reviews so right now trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 dollars off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash sgv that's 40 cups of coffee for free so go get started by taking the quiz over at drinktrade.com slash sgp and let trade find the coffee you'll love that's drinktrade.com slash sgp for over 30 dollars off man golf was in a rough place in the mid 2000s i was watching the i was heavily watching the red sox Oh, okay. And the Patriots. Yes, you were. All right. Uh, T5, VJ Singh, 2000 Masters champion, five consecutive top 10 finishes. Can I ask you a question real quick when you yeah, say VJ Singh? He, yeah. He's got to be like uber underrated, right? Oh, for his career? Yeah. Like yeah, people don't I, even. I, I, I think so. Three time major even... champion. He won a lot in the, with, in the with Tiger in his prime. Yeah. Like, like I think he, I think he won like nine times in like 2007 or something. Like, and this yeah. is a guy who, was going up against Tiger in his prime, and people were like, "Yeah, whatever." Be just saying, people don't even, like. I feel like that guy needs more, more props. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like he's played all over the world too. Yeah, like, he, like he's won events in like Fiji and like Australia, <laughs> Europe. Like that guy went everywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He definitely underrated as far as uh, a career. Like you know, he he was great. Uh, and then T five or T Goosen, four top three finishes from two thousand two two thousand seven, sneakily crushed it. At the Masters, what? I what Ratif Goosen? I don't know who that guy is. Bro. He's a two-time major winner. No, he won no. two U.S. Opens. What you yeah. don't know? Ratif Goosen is no. I absolutely have no idea who Ratif oh, Goosen is. Hurt. You should not be hosting a golf podcast then. Listen, man, I got in <laughs> golf late. I told you I didn't even swing a golf club until I was five, uh, twenty-eight he, he years won, old. He won at Southern Hills in two thousand one. He won at Shinnecock in two thousand four. I think. 
Once again, dude, I was fucking in the military. I was okay, not well, watching. You, all right, well, did you crush Augusta National? He was really good. <laughs> it was actually, it was, it was, it was the Big Five. It was Tiger, Ernie Els, Phil, VJ, Rateev Goose, who basically won everything on the PGA Tour from like 2002 to like 2006. How about that? Yeah, I know. It's a big five. All right, 2010 Open Championship. Louis Uswizen, Uh, He won. He ended up, you know, two years later, he lost to Bubba Watson in 2012 Masters. Um, second, Lee Westwood. He had five top 10 finishes at the Masters from 2010 2016. Uh, T3 Roy McElroy, seven top 10 finishes in 2014 2022. And he probably should have won the 2010 Masters. Uh, well, no, he would have should have won the 2011 Masters you know, later on. But, you know, great Masters career. Okay. Um, Paul Casey then in the top 10. Five top 10 finishes, including three consecutive from 2015, 2017. Uh, Rateev Goosen, like I just mentioned earlier. Jesus. And then just like two. Oh, I know this that, guy. Great name, too. Yeah, Rateev Goosen. And then two guys that if I went back in time right now, it's 2010, and I told you if you were betting on golf, which you weren't back then. I was not. Uh, and I said, look, if you just target guys who are really good at the Masters and they'll probably just play well at St. Andrews, probably won't Nick Watney. Yeah, he finished yeah. T- he finished seventh at the 2010 Masters earlier that year. Finished top ten the open at the Open Championship, and then Sean O'Hare finished T seven at the 2009 Masters the year before. I guarantee we would have galaxy brained ourselves into the, that thing if I just went back in time and said this. <laughs> that would have been like our seven three hundred dollar like DFS. Absolutely. Okay. No, and then 2015, pretty much everybody on that leaderboard has some sort of Augusta National cop. So Zach Johnson. 2007 Masters champion, and he finished T9 of the Masters earlier that year. Okay. That's cool. Uh, Mark Leishman, three top 10 finishes in 2013 to 2022. We already mentioned Louie. He lost in a playoff there. Uh, Jordan Spieth is awesome at the Masters, 2015 Masters champion, four other top three finishes. Jason Day was really good at Augusta for a while there. Um, I think he had like three straight top 10 finishes like in the early 2010s. Around that time, uh, we already mentioned Sergio Garcia. He, you know, would later go on to win the Masters two years later. Justin Rose, who's always been really, who's been really good at the Masters, four career top ten finishes from 2012 to 2021, including two uh, runner finishes. Uh, Danny Willett, who would end up going on to win the Masters uh, the following year. Uh, Brooks Koepka finished T two in 2019, and then Adam Skye is the 2013 Masters champion. So, like, kind of like I mentioned too, is just. If you're somebody who just doesn't want to do modeling, like you, you think strokes gain is bullshit. And we galaxy brand ourselves into like three putt avoidance and like all this other nonsense. If you just want to cherry pick Augusta National leaderboards, you're probably going to do okay. Just based on what I talked about earlier, like guys who generally are pretty good at Augusta, usually that translates pretty well to St. Andrews. Okay. Any questions? <sighs> Do we count? I, the, I need a, do, I need a drink. So no, no, you're fine. No, no, so, so my question was going to be: Do we count the asterisk Augusta because it's completely it's different? Well, all right. Well, th- let's all right. Let's think about it. Let's think about that leaderboard. Dustin Johnson, he's done well at Augusta in other years. Yep. Okay. 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 Cam Smith has done well at Augusta in other years. Sung Jay top ten this year. Mm. Uh, yeah, he did. He, he did. Top 10 yeah, you're right. He's sneaky top ten. You're he right. did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so. That checks that box. Um, I'd have to think. I mean, Dylan Fratelli stinks. So. Oh, dude, Fratelli's got a good history in the Open. I I know, but like, okay. Oh, it's so weird. I looked. I looked. I, yeah, man. Hold on. I'll pull up right now. Hang on. All right. So obviously you not here. Later. Right. 
So we, obviously not here, right? Because I don't think I'm, I'm trying to think who else finished in that top ten. I, I forget off the top. Of it. Those those three though were at the top of the leaderboard. Fratelli ha- came in fifth at the Open last year, and prior oh to, yeah, prior but to you that, always T32. say that was that wasn't a real Open. That's how, I mean I agree, but the year before in 2019 he came in T32. Okay, all right, then fine. Don't I, listen. I, listen, I'm not even. I, I just thought it was funny that you said that. And as I was scrolling through like like tournament history and like in the six thousand dollar range, I was like, for Telly five. Oh yeah. Well, that's I was, why oh, I mentioned Andy earlier. 32. Like, like you, you like like we compare like the master success, like Open Championship success, and you know, I mean, I guess if he's done well at the Masters and he's done well at the Open, it's probably you know what, it's probably linked then. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know Rory finished in the top ten at that. Um. At the uh, that the Asterix Masters, um, I mean, he's you know he's done well at St Andrews, so and he's done well at the Masters other times, so yeah. that takes care of that. Um, I think John Rahm was top ten there. Justin Thomas top ten. Both of them have not done anything, but neither of them have played uh, St Andrews. In I'm a, not uh, fucking touching JT. Open J- You're what? I'm not fucking touching JT. Okay, all right. Um, I can't think oh, of anybody else, but like, I mean, the point is JT. like. A lot of those guys in that those top tens have masters history other places. Okay, so. that's fair. All right, good. See, look, there okay. you go. Answer the All question. Right. Um, well, so, okay. Is there right, another? Uh, is there? Ahead. Is there another crossover course that I didn't that find? Anything, I, I, I didn't find anything. I mean, I didn't go too far into the data just because I mean, like, it's it's hard to pin it down because like there's no stats behind it. Or I know. You know, I mean, you really you really got to go looking. So that was just one I just noticed, just like looking at the leaderboards of St. Andrews, like, oh, just if I just like you're good at the masters, 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 you're good at the masters. Oh, okay, I'm just gonna go with that. Well, so does that make Danny Willard a play? Yeah, maybe. Why? I don't want to play Danny Willard. <laughs> All right, then don't play Danny Willard then. Oh, I mean, so, I mean, I mean, so I mean, stuff, Steve. I mean, all right. If you just don't want to use modeling, like, okay, he won the Alfred Dunhill with two rounds of St. Andrews. He yep. finished top 10 of that 2015 Open Championship. He won the Masters. And he finished top 10 of the Masters this year. I know. Or, no, he, he finished 14th this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. It's, or even yeah. like maybe Charles Schwartz is in play. Oh. Like, listen, so like, I mean, I, I don't think he's in the field this week, is he? Oh, you know he probably is in the field. No, I don't think he's in the field. But maybe there, he there are awesome there are awesome live guys in the field who actually yeah. have decent course history. Yeah. So I mean, the point is, like again, like oh, I no, mentioned, no, no. Like, if you just want to say fuck all the stats, I'm just gonna get, I'm just gonna pull a bunch of leaderboards from Augusta. You're probably gonna be fine. Like it might be just kind of that easy. So all right, any other questions before I move on? No, I think we're good. All right, let's look at which was not my column this week, and let me pull all this stuff up. When we get into the list, I want the list. Let's talk about relative skill sets first. Okay. I, I like know. games, Steve. I, like I games. know you like games. I okay. like games. I like games. All right. So let's start with what we want to do first. All right. So we'll do both. All right. So just world ranking and like age and stuff, like, like, like non statistical trends. Okay? okay. So I went back um, because in 2011, 2010, it, it was still a time when like a lot of these European tour guys were not primarily on the PGA tour and you can't get a lot of European tour data history back then. Like you can go to like PGA tour and see like what they did in like six rounds, like for the year and try to estimate. So but starting about 2012, six rounds seems a little light. I know. So starting in 2012, you started getting more top tens where like you had a better understanding, like at least like a 
you could go back and see what they were doing on both tours and kind of like, yeah, you, you had a good idea what they're, what they are coming in. So I only went back to 2012. It's nine tournaments. It has a St. Andrews in there. I can refer back to the 2010 one if I need to. It's, it's fairly representative. So, all right. So as far as t- like top tens of the open, just in general, like what do you want to look for in open championship? Generally, just like in every other major guys are pretty good and do well. So the average OWGR ranking of all the top tens, 2012 is thir- about 35. Um, the average for winners is 15. So I think the lowest ranked guy to win a open championship was Ernie Els when he was 40th in the world, but he was also gift wrapped that by Adam Scott. Who's like top <laughs> 10 in the world. So if you want to say like, all right, Adam Scott should have won that way. Well, he's a premium player. Yeah, um, Shane Lowry was 33rd. Zach Johnson's 25th. Everybody else is inside the top 15 in the world, uh, including one, two, three, four, five of them, five of the nine that were in the top eight in the world. So mm. we kind of mentioned this earlier. Like if you just pick the best guys, you're oh, oh, just pick the well. best players. Yeah. That easy. <laughs> um, as far as All right, podcast over. All right, guys, we'll wow. see you next week. Pick the best guys. So as far as age goes, and this is something we talked about um, last year that so going into last year's tournament, I think it was something like nine of the last like or like something like 11 of the last 13 winners of the open were like over the age of 30. And we went deep on like, all right, I only I'm gonna exclude anyone like under like 28 or 29 or 30, something like that. And that kicked us in the balls because Kyle Morikawa, who had in never that, played an open one. In that stupid article we read. Or I, yeah, I saw it on Twitter and I poisoned you because you weren't even on fire. I poisoned you with it. That's hundred yeah. percent on me. Oh, I don't like the way the turf feels on my irons. Fucking right. right off Morikawa. All right, so how, he's how, the one off though. He's the one off. Like all right. So how, well, that's not really well, Jordan Spieth won when he was 23. Okay. And Rory won. He was twenty-five. So another way to look at it is three of the last seven have been under the age of thirty. Yeah, but those guys are like, okay, well, there's a lot of really good players under thirty. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like right. JT, yeah. Speed, Scheffler. Is, is, like, is JT still under thirty? Yeah, he's like twenty-nine. Okay. Yeah, like I mean, Rama throws Xander, who's winning everything now. He's under thirty. Like. A lot of really good guys under 30 years old. Like Cam Smith, he's under 30. Like yep. a lot of really good guys under 30. I, I don't think we can actually use that anymore. No, no, I'm with you. Yeah. So yeah, I so I, I'm not using age anymore. Just because there's enough evidence that three of the last seven have been under 30. Like a couple guys at 32. Like there's a couple 40 year olds, but like that's you know nice I, that's a that's a long time ago. That was 2016, 2015. I'm not using that anymore. All right. All right, stroke screen T to green. Finally, like I mentioned if you're usually pretty good at the world rankings, you're pretty good T to green. Uh, average top 10 uh, ranking in stroke screen T to green of all the top 10s is 32nd. They usually gain about one stroke per round T to green. Um, for winners, though, the average ranking in T to green heading in was 10.4. Uh, and they were getting about 1.4 shots T to green. So, again, really? like, I, like I mentioned, just right. really good T to green. Uh, no, none of the last nine open championship uh, open champions were worse than 25th and TD green heading in. So really? you, you kind of just narrowed down. The, now, the one thing, the one kind of thing I did is Shane Lowry. We need to talk about him for a second. Okay. So he didn't play enough rounds on the PGA tour to qualify for stats. His European stuff was like top 15 heading into the year, 
Heading yeah, in, but so. I, but so is that, what is it? So how do you equate that to the PGA? You make it like you top twenty-five. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, that's the thing. But like, he was hit. I mean, he won earlier that year. He had, I think, he finished like T three at Harbor Town, like T four somewhere else in the PGA Tour. Like, he was playing good. I think a couple of his later stuff like kind of screwed up that number, but he was playing good. So, yeah. I mean, otherwise, it's you know, Morikawa was first. Uh, Molinari was second TD Green heading in. Jordan Spieth was seventh TD Green heading in. Stenson was seventh TD Green heading in. Zach Johnson was 16th TD Green heading in. Rory was second. Wait, wait, wait. Zach Johnson was what? He was 16th in Strosky and TD Green heading into the Open Championship. Zach Johnson? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, wait till we get off the tee, by the way, what he was then. Which, why don't we just transition to it? Basically, okay. let's play this. If, if you just cut down the field to the top 25 and start skating TD Green, which is a lot of really good players, it makes it difficult. But, like, if they if you use that as your cutoff, you're basically fine. Okay. All right. Off the tee. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag as far as, like, the importance. Like, it's, it's like, basically the average, like, ranking of everyone in the top 10 is, like, 60th. Um, and it's not really consistent of, like, especially for winners, like, how they've done it. Um, it does seem like longer hitters have generally been doing better over time, but it doesn't seem like that's been like the deciding factor of value who's actually won it. So let's look at some like driving distance ranks of guys recently won. So Kyle Morikawa was 114th in driving distance um, heading into the open. He won. Um, Shane Lowry, I didn't have data going in, but he was 72nd on the European Tour in driving distance heading in. So you can basically safe to say he just wasn't a longer hitter back then. Yeah. Molinari was 53rd in driving distance, which kind of surprised really? me. He's yeah, that I... could all that could also be like a mix of like where he played, but like yeah. you know, 53rd. Okay. Spieth was 92nd in driving distance. Henrik Sensen was 78th. Zach Johnson's 166. So my point is like there is enough shit. data, like even if there's like a lot of top tens with a lot of like bombers and stuff like that, this actually win actually the matter. thing. It doesn't matter. Like like the only true like bomber like who like ranked like like had like elite length on the team was Rory, Rory back in 2014. Yeah. Like even Phil Mickelson in 2013, that was before he added this. He was 69th in driving distance. Like Bernie was 59. Yeah. So I mean um, <laughs> performance enhancers. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you want to do like accuracy, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna try that didn't help you either. That, that, All right, let's, let's go through like so the, shit. Yeah. So Cal Moore Cal were really accurate at the 11. Uh Shane Lowry on the European tour was 122nd in driving accuracy. Um, really? Yeah. Who's that low? Yeah. Molinari yeah. was 43rd on, heading into the PG, heading into the Open Championship. George Pitt was 121st. Hmm. Harry Stenson, 11th in driving accuracy. Zach Johnson, 6th in driving accuracy. And then you got Rory, 134. Phil Milk is in 164. Ernie Els, 128. It hasn't mattered. Accurate guys, inaccurate guys. Yeah, because you, you hit a bad slope or a bump and you right. fucking shoot off 30 feet yeah. to the wrong side. Who cares? Where there might be a little bit of correlation. So, like, looking at strokes and off the team numbers, like, all right, they're like, Nothing elite like Molinari was elite. He was fifth because he just he had the combination of length and accuracy. Rory was first, but like you know, thirty first Morikawa, sixty seventh for Lowry that year, twentieth uh, for Sensen. Zach Johnson was forty seventh, but just because he hit every fairway. Um, but the good dry percentage, like those guys have generally at least won the tournament, yeah. are pretty elite. Like the average good dry percentage, except for Lowry because they didn't keep those stats. But of all the other eight. Their average ranking heading into the Open Championship was 35. So basically, they're putting themselves in a position where they're not getting in super trouble off the mm-hmm. team. The problem, though, is that that stat, the good drive percentage, which I like using a lot. Like, I if it, if it is a golf course where, like, 
you got to be accurate. Like, I'm always using that stat more than accuracy. Like, it's proven every time I've looked at it. The good drive? The good drive is more reliable and more correlated than driving accuracy. The problem, though, is when you go to actually top 10s, it hasn't mattered. Like, the average ranking of the top 10 of all good drive percentage last year in the, like, at Royal St. George was 100. The year before that was 94th. Uh, the year before that was 99th. Um, the only time the scenes have really mattered was when it was really firm, which might be the case this year. Okay. Uh, it mattered at Carnoustie. A lot of guys ranked pretty well and good drive percentage did pretty well there. Uh, and Muirfield, where it was really firm as well, that mattered a lot. A lot of guys ranked pretty highly in that stat as well there too. Right. So I don't know. I'm still kind of mulling it over as far as like, I know for winners, it's mattered. For overall top tens, historically hasn't mattered, but will it matter at a firm golf course like we're going to see this week? I'm still weighing that a little bit. So, I mean, I guess I got to think about. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on the wind too, right? Well, I mean, I, I think it's more of like the ball is just once it hits the ground, it's just going to run, run, run. So, like, if you're right, somebody right. where like you're a little offline or something, like, or you don't really have control of like, even if like you try to hit in the fairway, you don't really have control of like, where you're aiming for, right, where it's right. going to stay safe, like it's right. going to roll into the rough. And we saw it like Carnoustie, and we saw it like last week. Like you're in the rough, like you're not stopping the ball. It's, it's too firm. It's going to go. Well, that's kind of what I meant, right? So, like, yeah. if it's already burnt out, like you said, and if the right. winds actually are pick up, it's going to make it even worse. Yeah. So it it might be. Right. I, I, I'm still mulling that over if I really want to value it this week. I think it's going to depend on like, I, I think I need to see the golf course and where they put the rough. And because okay. because the Google Earth images I have, like you can't see it. Okay. So we'll so to be continued. Mm-hmm. Um, iron play. That seems consistently to be like the. Do number you need one to be a good player. iron player to win the open? Yes. Yeah, nope. Have you heard that a lot? It's kind of a joke. You need to be a good iron player to win every fucking week. So, okay. Yeah. Well, especially here. Like that's that's the most important stat. Like, um, so the average ranking of strokes gain approach heading into the open of all the winners was sixteen point nine. Pre-tournament? Um, pre-tournament. I mean, Lowry was 23rd, like, overall. So you said the average. But, but I, I looked at his, like, year-to-date data, and, like, he was crushing it with his irons heading in. He had some bad tournaments towards the end of the year. His irons were great that year. So no. that makes sense. Um, but, like, Morikawa was ranked first heading into the Open. He won. Uh, Molinari was ranked 16th uh, heading into the Open. He won. Spieth was second. Henrik Stenson was second. Zach Johnson was 24th. I mean, the worst guy was Rory McIlroy. He was first off the tee. And that was that was a benign open championship, too, where he just kind of burns it down. He was 55th, though. Phil was 7th. Ernie Els 22nd. And then the average ranking of all the top 10s is like 46. Um, some years this matters. Some years it hasn't. Um, yeah, it mattered at Carnoustie a lot, and that was firm. Uh, mattered a lot at St. Andrews, too, like in 2015. The, that's, the average ranking was 37.7 um, of all those guys in the top 10. So yeah, I mean, listen, like if you're if you're picking a guy who's not very good with their irons, you're an idiot. You're probably an idiot. You're right. You're an idiot. Just, yeah. be, just say it bluntly, Steve. Yeah. You're a fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah. Especially like, I, like I, th- I think it like for applying to St. Andrews, it makes a lot of sense because like the green regulation rate is so high. Yeah. It's like seventy five percent. So then, of course, it's going to come down to, and especially like, and we talked about a little bit like earlier where. 
I don't think proximity stats are really good because like either day to day, you're going to have different types of pro shots in each green year, depending on where the pin is, where the wind is or all that stuff. Um, or you got to be really creative with how you want to bounce the ball. Like, like guys who just are the best iron players just have a lot of shots in their bag and they're better equipped for that type of tournament. So that's no. why, like you see great iron players do well, especially St. Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not rocket science. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> Give it on golf, which is yeah. much more difficult. Yes, it is. Actually, yeah, yeah. Figuring out what you want to like target for stats is, you know, it's kind of easy. And then actually betting on the right guys is miserably yeah, impossible. Exactly. Because you have no idea if they're nursing an injury no or whatever. That's right. right. Our um, job is harder than rocket scientists. Right. Put it on um, the like, Around the green, that's a little up and down. Like the average of all the top tens, like since 2012, is about 62nd. Like some years, the matter. Like, you know, at, um, Royal Burkdale, the average rank is like 44th. Uh, some years it was like 72nd. It's kind of a little bit all over the board. I wasn't able to really find like a good correlation when it mattered, when it didn't. Mm. The only thing I noticed though is like the guys who actually won, like you had to be at least in the top 80. Like it's like you, know, you definitely got to be good around the green in the open. Yeah, like but, but like Kyle Morkow is like 70th around the green head again. Like Shane Lowry is 76 on the European tour and starts getting around the green. How are- what are these stats from Lowry? Lowry's a fucking wizard around the green. This, this, is, always- this, this is European data from 2019. So weird. Like he's, he's wicked good around the all green. Right, well, all right. Well, all right. You, you want to talk about like, I'm not, listen, like- I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disputing your stats. I'm saying like, it's just fucking weird. Yeah, you, you know only know blow I mean? your mind real quick. I mean, I wasn't going to reference the 2010 open, but you know, once upon a time, Lee Westwood was eighth in strokes putting heading into the open. Did you guys know that browsing online using on, Incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy. That's right. Without the added security, security, you might as well give away all your private data. Hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet, encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, especially important to some of you guys, and it will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you bit virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on limited devices without sacrificing your speed. You can even use it on things like your Fire Stick. So, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. And it's super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So, stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% off savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. You know, Paul Casey was sixth in strokes putting into the open on the PGA. Yeah, he's getting 0.6 per round. All right, he'll get it all back when he goes. Yeah, so the point is sometimes these guys' game changes over the years. All right, fair enough. All right, like so the only like truly dreadful guy around the green. Who ended up winning the open was Hamrick Sanson 174. But 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 because he hit his iron so damn good, he hit every fairway, like it didn't matter. You're gonna violate the gag order if you talk bad about Stenson. You're gonna well, I'm just saying, like alimony. When when you hit, I mean, like Henrik Sensen and Phil were basically playing a different golf course that week at Royal Troon. Like I they were what he won at 20 under. I think Phil was like 17 under. I think like the third place guy was like six under. (laughs) It was nuts that week. (laughs) Because they just like it was crappy weather conditions, but Stenson just hit every fucking green, every fairway. Like he never was off the green, and actually he did legitimately scramble pretty well that week. 
If I had a bet on him, I'm like, he sucks from off the green. I'm really nervous right now. He would just knock it like two feet. And it's fine. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about putting. And I want to talk about two things with putting. Okay. Uh, first off, putting is really variable. Uh, some years it matters. Some years Ooh. it doesn't. What? For what the most part, about? like, what do, you, what do you mean? What am I talking about? Making a joke. Like okay. putting is variable. All right. Yes. Um, let's go through the ranks of strokesing putting basically either heading in or for Shane Lowry's case, what he did for the year. Um, Kyle Morkow was 172nd in putting heading into the open. Uh, Shane Lowry is 88th. Francesco Marinari is 187. Uh, Jordan Spieth is 48th. Sanson was 147. Zach Johnson was actually having a miserable year. He was 138 in putting heading in. Um, Rory was 66. Phil was 11th and Ernie Els was 109th. Um, the average of the top tens of their short game putting numbers heading in to the open was 72nd last year, 75th the year before that, 98th the year before that at Carnoustie, because that was just really firm. Um, it seems like it mattered a little more back in like 2014, 13, 12. Later times, it hasn't mattered as much. Um, the three putting avoidance uh, stat, that's something that I think a lot of people are going to use this week because big greens and they're firm. Like, like you got to matter like there. Well, it matters in some ways, and in some ways it doesn't. Yeah. Overall, in the top tens, it's random, completely random. <laughs> awesome. Um, last year at Real St. George, like everybody's three putt avoidance rank heading in, like up to the top tens, average ranking 95th. Uh, at Royal Portage is 66th. At Carnoustie, 104th. Burkdale, 92nd. True, 97th. St. Andrews, 94th. And if you want to look at that St. Andrews leaderboard, we think of that because that's what we're going to apply to this year because such big greens. These were the three-point avoidance ranks of everybody in that top 10 that year. Um, yeah. Zach Johnson, 25th. Louis, Mark Leishman, 82nd. Louis Usui is in 161. Those were your three guys in the playoff. Pretty Jeez. wide variety right there. Yeah. Uh, Jason Day was 59th. Spieth was 9th. Sergio was actually 24th. Uh, and then he had Justin Rose, 151. Danny Willett was 127 on the European Tour that year. First Cup, 108th. Adam Scott, 195. Didn't matter. Damn. It didn't right. matter. Okay. But for winning the Open, though, it kind of mattered. So seven of the last, and this will be a stat I say later, seven of the last nine Open champions were at least in the top 80 and three-putt avoidance uh, heading in. So you can kind of say, like, okay, like, putting on these greens is because they're so big. Like, it's difficult for everybody. Okay. So... If you have like a really good ball striking day, like if you're like, if we're really valuing iron play this week, then the guys who are going to hit it close to the pin and to have the most success doing that are probably going to hit less three putts to begin with. That's kind of what this, you know, it's kind of measures. But the difference between winning and losing, it's you didn't make that three putt. Like even <laughs> last year, look at Kyle Morikawa. He's 172nd in strokes and putting heading in, only 79th in three putt avoidance, probably because he hit it within like 15 feet every time he like, you know, hit an iron shot. So he wasn't really three putting in general. Yeah. Um, the only times, the only guys were really dreadful uh, with three putt avoidance. Francesco Molinari, 173rd, which again, he was just hitting everything so well at that time. It just didn't matter. Henrik Sensen was 170th in three putt avoidance, but he was hitting it so good. Like he was first in strokes game approach. He was second in strokes, or he was seventh in strokes in T to green heading it. Like the guy was just a machine. Right. So he wasn't hitting it to a situation like he wasn't missing so badly where he's got that like 75 foot or 60 or 60 foot pot. Like really, I worry about it. he's only got like 30 feet, 20 feet. So 
I, I th- so I think overall, like if you're going to use three putt avoidance and you're probably going to hear that a lot this week for just your general top tens or contenders, it doesn't fucking matter. It hasn't mattered at any single open you look at, but for winners, it kind of matters. If you okay. kind of catch my drift. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And that's it. That's the relative skill set. So basically what I'm looking for, just really good iron players. Um, just really good tee to green, really efficient. The good dry percentage thing, I got to think about that more based on the firmness of the, you know, of that stuff. Okay. Scrambling. I mean, I guess I want somebody who's just competent. Like you don't have to be elite, but just, just don't be a train wreck. Um, and then I guess for a don't, winner, don't be a train wreck. Yeah. Well, don't be Victor Hovland. <laughs> and then for three putt avoidance, like if you're going to like just general putting stats, just don't really matter at all. Uh, but three putt avoidance, you know, I mean, if I'm picking a winner that usually that is at least I've seen kind of be the difference between winning and losing. So as yeah. long as you're just kind of adept at it, you're fine. But just overall, I'm like just gauging the field. Like, like I'm not, if you're, if I'm going to look at you for a positional and you rank like 175th in three putt avoidance, I'm not going to avoid you. If you're like 14th in approach and like, Makes you sense. Know, yeah, you, you gain a lot of strokes off the tee. You're just efficient tee. You're like, I'm, I'm not going to discriminate. Okay. I like it. All right. So that's a relative skill set, Shark. Do we get to play with the list now? Now we get to play again. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go. So let's go through all the trends and then we'll play the game. Right, number one. And I only did la- nine of the last nine because in 2011, 2010, there's too many guys that didn't qualify. It was, it was blind. So I just excluded. Right. Okay. Nine of the last nine open champions were inside the top 40 in the world rankings when they won. So there you go. You want to pick a winner? 40th. They're down to 40 guys. Okay. Right, number two, every win at nine of the last nine open champions were inside the top 20 strokes gained T to green heading into the tournament. All nine, nine of the last 10? Nine of the last nine. Nine of the last nine. All of them. And I think actually, like, if you want to include, like, European tour stuff and like going that far back. It goes back a little farther than that too. So just, we're only going to use nine. Okay. 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 Here's an interesting. Well, this isn't actually interesting. Um, Great. Stay tuned guys. (laughs) uh, Every winner of the open championship has won a full field cut event in at least the last two years prior to winning the open. I mean, like a lot of guys that we kind of like cut off from this, like has done like Tony Finau, Xander, like, that was when we used to pick on them for it. Like now they actually qualify. Like there's a couple of guys we haven't. Okay. Um, but seven of the last nine won a tournament earlier that year. And I'm not talking about like fall series. I'm talking about like January 1st on. Okay. They won something like either on the European tour or like the PGA tour. Okay. Okay. Seven of the last nine have done that. Here's a really interesting one. Every, nine of the last nine winners of the Open Championship made the cut in their final start before the tournament. Ooh. We're gonna get rid of some names for real on that on that list. Will Z JT. Yep. All right. Nine of the last nine open championship had at least a top 10 in a full field cut event in one of the last five tournaments before winning the open. And here's one you can really use to like weed the field. Eight of the last nine had at least a top five in one of those. Oh shit. So Rory, Xander. So hold on, hold on. We'll get to it. I'm sorry, my brain's working. All right, fine. Uh, eight of the last nine winners of the open had a top 10 in a previous open for winning. The lone exception last year, Colin Morikawa. Morikawa, he's yeah. that liar. So, yeah. so it, we're kind of basically due for a guy who's had a top 10 before. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, eight of the last nine winners of the Open Championship made the cut at the last major championship they played in. That one. Oh, so the U.S. Know, Open. I, I know, and there was a win split there too. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Hey, that one it. you might want. Hey, a trend so, is a trend, Steve. We stick with it. I, I know. Fun. Like, like that one might be one you might be want to like. You could probably be flexible on. Okay. If you want, if you want to justify a guy. All right. Okay. Um, eight of the last nine winners of the Open Championship ranked inside the top thirty in strokes gain approach heading into the tournament. Okay. Eight of the last nine winners of the Open Championship ranked inside the top eighty in strokes gain around the green for winning. Kind of what we talked about earlier. Just as long as you weren't a train wreck, you're in the top eighty, you're fine. <laughs> um, this one's hit or miss, but it's seven of the last nine winners of the Open Championship we played the week before. So you played the Scottish Open. Now before that, you had the John Deere and the Scottish. Yeah, but then people would skip the John. So the Travelers would probably have been what they actually played, right? Yeah, but that wasn't the week before the tournament. So the lone exceptions were that was Spieth. Let me actually pull this up. Spieth and Lowry did not play the week before. Lowry played the Irish Open, didn't play Scottish, and then won at Portrush. Spieth won Travelers, oh. did not play John Deere, and then he won at uh, yeah. Burkdale. Okay. But Morikawa played the Scottish. Molinari played the John Deere. Uh, Stenson played the Scottish. Zach Johnson played the John Deere. Rory played the Scottish. Phil won the Scottish. And then Ernie Ells played the Scottish week before. So, okay. seven okay. last night at least had that in them. So, so, so that, that, that hurts Rory. It hurts Rory. So... Uh, and then seven of the last 11 winners of the Open Championship ranked inside the top 80 and three-putt avoidance in the tournament, like we just talked about. That kind of yeah. seemed like that's been the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. Unless you're just a god ball striker like Molinari and Sensen that year. Okay. Right. So now we play the game. Okay. Yep. All right. So I do have to check one thing because the world rankings were not updated before we went on the air. Are they updated now? I... Yes, they are definitely because Xander's fifth in the world. Let's go. All right, so hold on a second. So who is, did anyone drop out of the top 40 that matters? Anyone get in the top? Oh, one guy got into the top 40 that matters. Okay. okay. All right, so I'll have to change that. And then I have to check. All right, this is great uh, podcasting right now. They did not update the around the green numbers. We're heading in all right and they still have not so these that's are right. we can clarify tomorrow let's just let's get fine. on with the list all right you dictate okay. me for like nine hours about this all right thing. so nine of the last nine were top 40 in the world heading in so we get rid of and what i did was i took everybody above seven thousand seven thousand dollars draft kings it gets really rough and that's another thing i want to talk about too like this is kind of a really weak open championship field like jt post in 7300 bucks stop it this is not a weak open field. it kind of is like down towards the bottom like i don't know always miserable down towards the bottom oh we got ian poulter 7100 victor I mean, perez 7100 like tom hoagie seven like i don't know i don't know what you want me to tell you okay fine all right anyways uh top 40 in the world we ever like robert mcintyre adam scott leishman webson's and tigers or all those guys like, they don't really matter um Let's see. Fuck. <laughs> Did I fuck this up? Oh, Jesus. Fuck. All right. Okay, fine. Hold on. We're an hour um, 20 in, Steve. You don't need my nicotine. I know. Hold on. I got to resort this. God, why do I always do this? All right. D. I feel like it's just a torture. That. Okay. Okay. Um, 
nine of the last nine have won at least a full field cut event um, in the last two years. So we get rid of Zalatoris, get rid of Shane Lowry, actually. Uh, Get rid of Louie, get rid of Fleetwood, get rid of Corey Connors, get rid of Cam Young. Right. Now, now it's now it's sorted correctly. Okay. We're good now. Yeah, we're good now. Nine of the last ten guys, yeah, or nine of the last nine Open Championships made the cut in the last start. But they played. Here's where you get rid of a lot of guys: Scotty Scheffler, JT, Kyle Morikawa, Hideki Matsuyama, Victor Hovland, Sung JM, Billy Horschel, and then like Taylor Gooch. By the way, I'm not counting Liv. I. I the wins? Do you not count the the live I'm not, wins? I'm not counting no, the live golf. Not. No, I'm of sorry. Not. No, I'm of not. course not. Of course no. not. It, it's a joke. Those yeah. Listen, maybe in the future we will, but not right now. Yeah, not right now. I no. don't count that. Co-crack, right. Kevin. Okay. All right. Nine of the last nine have had at least a top ten in one of the last five starts. And again, live golf doesn't count. <laughs> Dustin Johnson, you're out. Terrell yeah. Hatton had an opportunity to, and he blew yeah, it. Yeah, he did. He did. Fuck he you, Hatton. I got to pay my bookie now because of you, you prick. No Kapka, no Bryson, no Harold Varner III, no Harris English. Okay. Eight of the last nine had I at least Harris eight. English might be sneaky this week. Sorry. He might be. Well, you're top 20. He played okay. all right this week. All right. Got Eight it. of the last nine had at least a prior top 10 in an open before winning. We're yeah. going some guys here too. Okay. Matt Fitzpatrick, you're out. What? He's never what? had a top 10 in an open. Really? Really. He might contend this week, but history says with this, eight of the last nine, and the last guy to do was Kyle Morikawa last year. So either you're like, all right, we're just going to be on a trend oh. of guys who've never done it. But you like to say that really wasn't an open. It's just going to apply to single. No, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I just, I, for some they reason, in did. my brain, I thought he had it. Cam Smith has never done it. Right. Patch Cantlay, never yep. done it. Sam really. Burns, Joaquin Neiman, who I think are people are going to like this week. Yep. Max Homa. And then answer Seamus Powers. Thomas Peters also made it. Oh, don't tell me you made it this Never had top 10. Why would you did that on purpose? No, I didn't. He actually yes, you made did. This, he made there it was this no far. reason for you to mention Thomas Peters. No, I took a review with 7,000 bucks, so he made it this far. Okay, so now we're down to seven guys. Okay. Okay. Did you make the cut at your last major? Tony Finau is out because Paul Casey hasn't played since February or March oh, or whatever. Casey. He's out. He hasn't played. He hasn't done anything in forever. He's on Team Crushers, though. It's he is on Team Crushers. Yeah, he's crushing it for them. All right. So now we're down to five guys. Yeah. Okay. You have a top five in one of your last five starts. Patrick reads out because we don't count live. Right. And Spieth had an opportunity to do it. He blew it today. He's out. His last five starts, he just won the Travelers. No, Spieth didn't. No, Xander won Travelers. No. <clears throat> He won Heritage. Heritage. That, was more than five, that? that was more than five starts ago. I mean, I, we can go through his results. No, no, no. Right listen, listen, I trust your research. Hold on. No, because you question my... I did. I oh, just, you question my authority. <laughs> his last five starts, uh, he had, what, a T8 this week? Yeah, T8. Uh, cut, T37, T18, T7. Okay. So, yeah, the Heritage and Byron Nelson before the PGA. Okay. We're, we're more than five starts since then. Okay. All right. So, now three guys, which I think you can probably guess who they are. Would you like guess. me to guess? Yeah, guess who they are. So we got Xander. Yep. We killed Scotty. Yeah, we killed Scotty already. He's he's long gone because he missed a cut. So we got Xander, Rory. Who the fuck mm-hmm. is the third? John Rom. Oh, please. 
He's still here. Are we counting Mexico? Is that what we're counting? You're technically one this year. Mm. Yes. We're down to two guys. That's seven of the last nine, though. We're down to two. That's kind of a weaker one. Seven of the last nine have won this year. All three have done that. Seven of the last nine played the week before. Rory did not. Apparently, Rory was just playing with Tiger. So... Oh, and did you see HV3 and Lowry were doing the same thing? They were playing fucking, they were playing Link style in Ireland. First yeah, of all, yeah, can I get a camera to follow around HV3 and shit? Here's Lowry? the thing though, like, like I saw Bailey Bunyan, like that, that's definitely softer than like what we saw this week. I don't really equate that to like getting prepped. That's like, I, I'd rather see like guys like, if I hear that form. they played like St. Andrews, like, Friday through like Sunday or something like that. Like, like if, like if I see like Tony Finau just spent the weekend at, like grinding to no. Andrews, like I'm going to like that. Finau was in the factory in Singapore trying to figure out his next fucking awesome shirt. All right, fine. All right. <laughs> now we get to the actual like statistical stuff. All right. So we're down to two. We're down to Xander and John Rahm. Xander. Who, it's Xander. And, uh, it, so which it, means Rahm's going to win because I'm never on Xander. So, so in, so in some podcast circles, that's a very, uh, uh, polarizing uh, debate as far as we Unbelievable. I know, right? All right. So nine last nine, we're top 25 in Shirsky and TD Green uh, heading into uh, the tournament. Uh, they both are top 25 as of today. A, the last nine, we're top 30 in Shirsky and Approach. Actually, did I get that right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, right. I got that right. So Rom fell out of either Approach or TD Green this week. And he's like 26 or something. So, just said 30. Or, or he's thirty, or he's thirty-first line. So he fell out of one of those. So Rom is out. I was waiting for him to be out for around the green. Yeah. So Rom, Rom is out for approach and around the green and around the green. Fucking, I, you told me you were gonna talk me out of betting Xander. Fucking when he shot even on fucking Thursday. I didn't know he's gonna fucking win the tournament. Submarine is like price of twelve. I was trying to build suspense for this podcast. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I didn't know he's gonna win. I texted you when he shot even par. I was like, fuck it. That's it. I'm just betting Xander. Because like, I know you I know you love this game. I didn't want to spoil it because he 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 fits every single criteria of all these trends. He's 13 of 13. Xander Shoffley. It's, it's he's absolute. top 20. He's top 25 in strokes game TD Green heading in. He's top 30 in approach, top 30 around or top 80 around the green, top 80 in three-point avoidance. And so he's gonna win. You're gonna be, and this podcast is gonna end. For forever. <laughs> forever. So here, so here's the thing though. Only one of the last um nine winners of the open hit all these criteria, though. All of them were missing something. Right. Ada Liner was missing. The only one hit every single criteria was Phil Mickelson, who's one of the greatest players in history. Yeah. Um, Molinari had 12, Lowry had 12, Spieth had 12. Zach Johnson had 12, Rory had 12, Morikawa, who, as I reconfigure this to take out the age stuff and add some like performance stuff, uh-huh. the last year I think he hit it like seven of 10. If I had this last year, he would have hit 12, Nine. 12 of 13. 12, 12 of 13. Okay. Yeah. Ernie Ells was 11, and Stenson was 10. So the bare okay. minimum is 10. Is 10. So okay. why don't we go through the guys who hit 10? Okay. Right. Run through them. There's 14 guys. Nope. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. Okay. Starting with 10. No commentary for me. Just go. Tony Finau, Joaquin Neiman, Spieth, Morikawa. 11. Rory, Thomas Peters, 
Matt Fitzpatrick, Rom, Max Homa, Sam Burns, JT, Scheffler, and Hideki have 12, and Xander has all 13. And the guys with nine? No, we don't care about them. We're done with well, them. I mean, I mean nope. Cam, Smith, Cam Smith is nine. Valtoris is nine. Nope. Cantley is nine. Doesn't matter. I'm telling you, nine doesn't matter. Okay. Nine doesn't there matter. There you go. Nine so, doesn't matter. 14 guys at your player pool. We'll go through. I, I'll say I it again. Xander, Scheffler, Hideki, Rory. Thomas Pierce is probably not going to win because all that is European tour data. But, you know, who knows? I mean, Lowry did that. Fitzpatrick, Rom, Homa, Burns, JT, Finau, Neiman, Spieth, Morikawa. Those are your winners at St. Andrews this year. If Xander wins and I lost out on a 21 ticket because you wanted to talk me out of him, and then you told me he was the top of the list, yeah, I am not going to be happy with you. But like I said, only one of the last nine <laughs> hit all 13. So I'm let's, just... hope that, let's hope that trend continues. <laughs> For and, my sake. And you brought up Thomas Peters multiple times. I have. Why? Why do you do this to me? Why? You know. Because <laughs> he's, I'm what, 125 do. to 1? Yeah, but you know you know, I'm going to put him in matchups now, top 20s. He's, like, he's been good this year. Shut up. We're done. We're done. We're done. For the <laughs> We're done. All right. Done. Why? We're I done. have nothing left. So do you have any other questions besides, like, questioning my integrity? Oh, God. No. Why do you do what you do? Anyway, Seriously. Great fucking breakdown, like always, man. Go God, check an hour it. and a half, too. Yeah, Doesn't seem like it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, I got nothing else. If you don't have anything else, we can wrap this show. Nope. Got nothing else, man. Go read the fucking full article. Um, go click on it, whether you, uh, you want to or not. Go fucking click on it. And, <laughs> and get us some uh, get us some clickbait. And, uh, yeah, seriously, uh, rate and review the podcast. Uh, you know, share around. Tomorrow night, we got the DFS show with Andy Lack and Nagel's Bagels. And then we got the betting show with Pamela Maldonado on uh, Tuesday night, our typical major week run. Scottish is done. Closing the books, paying the bookie. And now I'm going to have to eat a very bad number with Xander. I will lose my goddamn mind. Thanks to my co-host wanting to just stall me out for five days. Love you, Steve. Mean it. Fuck you. Let's break the books. <laughs>